Hello and welcome to another episode of Three Guys and a Mouse. Josh here with my co-host George. Yo yo. And Hunter. Hey, how's it going? And because we're recording this on Star Wars Day, May the 4th, uh, we're going to be talking all about Disney's relationship with Lucasfilm and Star Wars. So here we go. All right, so like I said, we're going to be talking about Disney's relationship with Star Wars and Lucasfilm. And of course, all of this starts off with uh, probably our favorite subject, which is Michael Eisner. Because during the 80s, it was a tumultuous time for the Disney company in whole. They were failing in the box office. Epcot opened and was not the smash success that they thought it would be. And the company was starting to lose its footing. In the stock market, it started to get bought up and it looked like it was about to be bought out by corporate raiders. When Sid Bass, billionaire, came in, he helped uh, Disney secure enough of uh, the stocks so that they could save themselves, but he also wanted new management. And in comes Michael Eisner and Frank Wells. Woo! <laughs> like our weird celebration. Uh, so they come in in 1984. And the first thing they do, of course, and it's well known, you can watch anything on it, uh, Waking Sleeping Beauty is a great one. Disney Wars is a good book to read about it. I'm just plugging things out. Yeah. Uh, but those are things that will tell you all about... The first thing they wanted to do is fix the studios. Because Frank Wells came from Warner Brothers, I believe. And um, Michael Eisner came over from Paramount. Yeah. And so they were movie guys. Which was also one of the worries about them taking over. Now the good thing on that was that Michael Eisner came in with already a relationship with George Lucas who Disney was already working on to try to build a relationship. Now, they were building on top of what was already there because George Lucas was a huge fan of Disney, uh, especially Disneyland. Him and his family are from California, and he's said it many times, that was like their vacation every year, is they would go to Disneyland. So he already had an understanding of the Disney way. He has said it too in, uh, in interviews that he only wanted Disney to work uh, with doing the parks because... He knew that they were the only ones that would work on it the way that he wanted. So immediately they see him and they're like, okay, well, we can work on this. The, uh, of course, in perfect Michael Eisner status, uh, he gives him something he wants first. So Michael Jackson wanted to do a ride for Disney because also he was a huge fan of Disney. And of course, they wanted him too. So in comes George Lucas and Michael Jackson and they create Captain EO. So you bring in George Lucas as producer and ILM, and you've got Francis Ford Coppola, famous director of The Godfather 1 and 2. Yep. And you've got Michael Jackson, literally the biggest star in the world at that point. And they create Captain EO. Now, uh, we can go derisively on this if we want, because um, I'm not a huge fan of Captain EO. <laughs> it is what it is. It's, it's, it's a classic. Yeah. I think it's just a classic. Even though I don't like the Muppets. Uh, the, the Muppets. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of Captain EO, but I also get it. It's like, at the time, it was a huge boost for the parks. Imagine one guy, like, so popular, he got his own ride at Disneyland. Like, Michael Jordan, his own movie. Like, I mean, uh, there's rumors that he actually had, uh, on Neverland Ranch, that he had a full version of Pirates of the Caribbean on the property. Uh, I don't know if that's true, but that's always been a rumor. Mm -hmm. um, that's cool. And if you're as rich as him, you probably could have. Imagine you just waking up. I'll be back. <laughs> I'm gonna go on the boat. I'll be back in 20. <laughs> yeah, that's like a 30-minute ride. 
No, so that opens in 1986. So now you've got Lucas in. Now, they were trying to come up with how do we get Star Wars into the park? Um, because the thing was that Michael Eisner knew Star Wars was the biggest property ever. You can watch anything that talks about early Star Wars. You can go to Disney Plus and watch um, the Building an Empire uh, about Star Wars. But it's the thing that Star Wars was a huge property and everyone wanted in on it. So, of course, Michael Eisner wanted in on it. And he was like, we need to come up with something to try to get Star Wars in and impress George Lucas. So he goes to Imagineering and puts it on them. And Imagineering had something they were already working on with using military-grade flight simulators. Uh, they were going to do it in 1979. They were planning it for a ride version of the Black Hole. Um, if, if you notice, I'm saying that uh, with a lot of breath because uh, the Black Hole, as anyone knows, is a huge box office disappointment. But Just at the time, awful. and this goes back to the Star Wars thing, is Disney saw Star Wars and they were like, we should be doing something like that. So they tried multiple times to do something like that. Failed. You've got the Black Hole, Flight of the Navigator, Tron, and all of them failed in the box office. They were commercially panned. They didn't uh, make any money. So they end up shelving it in a perfect Disney Imagineering sense. But, of course, at Disney Imagineering, nothing dies. So when the word gets out about doing a Star Wars, it comes around and the first idea they have is they're like, oh, can we just, uh, you know... Can we just take this and morph it into that? And that's how we get Star Tours. They sell that to George Lucas. He loves it. And that's how we get Star uh, Star Tours. Now, uh, Star Tours opens um, in 1987 at Disneyland. 1989 at uh, Disney World at their Disney MGM Studios. And then it'll also open at Tokyo Disneyland, Disneyland and Disneyland Paris. Uh, one thing, though, like I just wanted to mention, because it's like a funny story, is like apparently when they were um, building Star Tours, so um, Star Tours was the idea of the Imagineers. They were like, it's a tour of the galaxy through Star Wars, the Star Wars galaxy. Obviously, it's Star Tours. And the joke is that Michael Eisner, being Michael Eisner, that he came up with a better name. He thought that it uh, that if it said Star Tours, that tour implied like a slow tour and he wanted people to feel like this was exciting you know he wanted teenagers to want to be into this which was also why they wanted star wars so he was like we should call it star ride and of course oh. all of the imagineers thought this was the dumbest thing um who, who said that michael eisner <laughs> and um, yes uh there's actually an interview with tony baxter where he says this story specifically but he said that he knew that george lucas wouldn't go for it so he said that there was a meeting where they, uh, where they knew that Michael Eisner was going to push it. And so he went to George Lucas before the meeting, and he told George Lucas that he, he said, look, Michael is going to suggest a name change to you. He's going to suggest we change it to Star Ride. And he said, thankfully, George Lucas immediately goes, that's awful. <laughs> and he's like, oh, thank God. And he's like, don't worry. And so they go into the meeting, and they're doing the pitch, talking about what they're going to be doing. And then Michael... Uh, Eisner suggests the name change and he's uh, Tony Baxter said George Lucas just goes that's awful Michael he's like I don't like it at all and he said what's hilarious is that they knew they couldn't fight him but because it was George Lucas and when he said no I don't like it he was just like oh, okay that's fine and he just immediately changed like just came off of it uh, of course I say that because famously when they were building Splash Mountain oh, uh, 
originally it was uh, supposed to be called the Zippity Doodah River Ride, but it That's was racist. <laughs> no, no, uh, but it was it was Tony Baxter. That was his idea because it was Song of the South, and it was actually Michael Eisner who said, "Oh, you know what we should do?" He's like, "We've got this big hit movie uh, for um, Touchstone. It's called uh, Splash. Splash," and he's like, "We should." cross promote it with that and he's like so we'll call it splash so that people want to go on it because uh you know when they hear splash mountain they'll think of the movie splash and they'll want to go on it and he's just like that makes no sense this ride has nothing to do with that movie yeah but then tony baxter and he says it all the time he's like the joke of it is he's like now he's just like why (laughs) why did i think that zippity doodah river was like a good name he's like splash mountain is a classic name and it calls to the mountains and I was like, that's so funny. Um, anyway, so you get Star Tours. Uh, so Star Tours uh, has its original version where um, the whole concept was like, oh, well, what do you want to do when you watch Star Wars? You want to do that trench run. So, of course, that's how you get oh, the trench yeah. run. Now, the dumb thing, I did not know this, is that it's supposed to be canon in the Star Wars universe. And because at the time Return of the Jedi had already come out, that the Death Star that you're coming up to is supposed to be Death Star 3. Yeah. That's why it's not Luke or any of them. And I'm just like, no. At we don't point, need more Death Stars. At this point, it's just turning into a thing where the Rebel Alliance is just like, they've got another one, just send the C team, they'll blow it up, It'll, it won't be a big deal. <laughs> but anyway, Star Tours, of course, is a huge hit. I know my parents themselves have said that they remember when it opened at Disneyland, and they remember standing in, like, hour-long lines, at, like, wrapped around, like, Main Street. Uh, but, you know, that original version lives forever uh, until 2011 when they decide, after years of rumors, they decide to close it and revamp it with Star Tours The Adventure Continues, right. which is the current version. Um, off of that, though, uh, you get other things through the Lucasfilm deal because, of course, Star Tours becomes the deal that makes everything. So you get the Indiana Jones Adventure, uh, Temple of the Forbidden Eye at Disneyland in 1995. You get its... Uh, other version in Tokyo Disneyland uh, that's called Indiana Jones and the, and the Temple of the uh, Crystal Skull. Right. Uh, you've got the coaster in Disneyland Paris, uh, the Temple of Peril. Um, the stunt show. You've got the stunt show at uh, D- Disney MGM Studios, now Disney Hollywood Studios. But uh, every everything kind of uh, is going on, and you don't really get any more Star Wars until 1997 when the Star Wars weekends happens for the first time. So Star Wars Weekends was uh, during the summer in Disney World at the Disney Hollywood Studios, at the time Disney MGM Studios, they would have weekends during the summer where it was all Star Wars. You would have famous people from the Star Wars movies, be it model people uh, or even stars like uh, Warwick Davis who played, um, uh, of course, uh, Wicket. And uh, actually when we went... uh, uh, I just gave that away. But when we went, it was... Uh, I remember Ray Park was there because he yeah. was Darth Maul. But um, the whole thing was that it was a celebration of Star Wars. So you would go and they would have everything made up to Star Wars. Food was Star Wars. Everything was themed to Star Wars. You would have every Star Wars character ever as a meet and greet there. Uh, I remember they had Jango Fett, Boba Fett, Darth Maul. They, had, uh, they even had people from like the extended universe in it. Um, they had meetings or uh, meetings they had like the um presentations where you had famous people that have worked on it talk about what they've done like the site coordinator yeah they had uh photo locations i remember we saw the uh han solo and carbonite 
And I asked, I was like, is that the real one? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, you guys just brought, like, you guys had the real carbon, uh, Han and Carbonite come here? And they were like, well, why would we make a fake one? And I, like, that's like one of those things that I still hold to myself. I'm like, you're right. Why would, why would you make a fake one? Uh, we oh, also, like we that. also saw the Rancor. I remember that was insane. Uh, Hunter was a child, so he was terrified of it. Um, it was, uh, super cool though, like, uh, we went, I, I don't, what was it? It was like 2002 we went? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, but, uh, it was like a huge event, but it like kind of showed you the power of Star Wars because, you know, by that point, like you had the prequels were already pretty much done at, at that point, but Star Wars was already at an all time high. And then in 2012, we get, uh, we get the biggest news that could have happened, which is Disney purchases Star Wars uh, or Lucas Lucasfilm in 2012 uh, in December, and I remember I remember when this news came out. I was just like in shock. I was like, "What?" Like, like part of these in disbelief. Like that didn't really happen. Yeah, and then you see uh, the photo op that they quickly do of George Lucas with Bob Iger, and Bob Iger has said that what happened is that he's good friends with George Lucas, and he was talking to George Lucas, and um, what was it? They had already bought Marvel, and George Lucas liked what they were doing. And then he talked about, he was like, you know, what worries me is when I, uh, when I decide to retire, who's going to take over for Lucasfilm? And of course, Bob Iger immediately takes that as an opening. Like, oh, like, you're looking yeah, I mean, to sell. You're looking to retire. He's like, I could take over. So he, com- the yeah. could. so he comes in and they purchase it. And the first thing they do uh, in 2013 is they announce new Star Wars coming. They immediately announce a trilogy will be made. Uh, they announced more shows, more movies, so we get tons of crazy stuff that happened at this point. Right. Um, I will say I did not know Star Wars Rebels, the TV show, is the first thing that happens under Disney's watch. That uh, that starts in 2014. Um, so then that happens. 2015, we get Star Wars The Force Awakens, the uh, amazing <laughs> intro to the new trilogy and the new Star Wars world. And with that... You get new Star Wars in the parks. You get Seasons of the Force at Disneyland, which was very much maligned and made fun of at the time. I, I always thought it was, like, uh, pretty good. Like, it was fun. It reminded me a lot of, like, Star Wars weekends, though, where it was just, like, it was basically, like, a... Um, how, how do you put it? It was, like, a thrown-together Star Wars celebration. Um... But doesn't it go into that whole thing that I've said before? Where it's like, if you're trying to have fun, you're gonna have fun at events like that. Oh no, uh, I'm not. I'm not deriding. Oh, I, I, like, know, I know. For me, it was like you. You get the dumb things like the churros with the lightsaber <laughs> yeah. uh, ends on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and you get yeah, the cool. you get the lighting. You get the Star Wars music playing. You get Hyperspace Mountain opens in 2015. Yo, Hyperspace Mountain. Uh, Star Wars Launch Bay. Uh, Star Wars, uh, Path of the Jedi, which is the... The stage show. No, thing, that's right? a 10-minute movie oh. leading up to Force Awakens. Oh, yeah. They did update it, though. Uh, it's closed now. Um, well, everything's closed. But uh, it's closed now. Did uh, they include Rise of Skywalker before they closed it? No, apparently it did. Uh, they did update it before it did close with um, Last Jedi. Okay. They need to destroy that thing. I think it, uh, it's gone now because the last time I was there, they were doing the sneak peek of yeah. Onward. We have our <laughs> Which, own thoughts uh, on the Tomorrowland. That's my own thing, thing but uh, that's my own cross to bear. Uh, but you also get the update to the Jedi training show. Uh, the Jedi training show opened in 2006. It's another thing like um, I never cared for it. Like I think it's a cool thing for kids. 
But at the same time, I was just like, oh, what's it for me? Now that I have kids, they love watching it. Uh, watch of course, it. you know, it was with... Cool. Uh, Darth well, yeah, you, you get, like... Um, yes, you've gotten so many villains in it. Uh, they update it, like, constantly, though, like, especially now. Because the first, like, big update comes in 2015. That's when they add, like, Kylo Ren and Darth Maul and stuff like that. Uh, because before it was just straight up, you only got uh, Darth, Vader. Darth Vader. That was it. Now, I know, so... But didn't they increase how many kids get to do it now? Too? Yeah. And that's why they were able to add all these They They bands. also, the last time I saw it, they, they bring in the seventh sister from Star Wars Rebels. Yeah. And I'm just like, no, I don't need that. But uh, anyway, we also get um, more movies. So just to go down the list of what we, we get with uh, Star Wars. So you get Force Awakens 2015. Indiana Jones 5 gets announced, though nothing's happened yet. Uh, 2016, you get Star Wars Rogue One. 2017, you get Star Wars The Last Jedi. 2018, you get Star Wars Resistance, the kids' show that is set during the current sequel trilogy. Uh, You also get Solo, a Star Wars story. Um, 2019, you get Star Wars uh, The Rise of Skywalker and Mandalorian, the TV show. Which we cannot... uh, hit hard enough on how amazing the Mandalorian this is, the is. But in 2019, you also get Star Wars Galaxy's Edge opening in Disneyland and Walt Disney World. And that's kind of where like I wanted to end at because, of course, that's where we're currently at. So Star Wars uh, Galaxy's Edge opens. At, um, well, first of all, it was a big deal when it got announced because it's the most immersive land they've ever done. It's the largest land they've ever done as an addition. Uh, it's 14 acres um half of it apparently is just the one ride uh so i know george has not been on it (laughs) well we won't talk too much about how but uh you so the land opens (laughs) and i wanted to talk about this too because news came out recently that uh former uh vice president of uh, disney parks dan cockrell uh came out and he admitted that the rumors that uh galaxy's edge was not the original plan is true and he said that uh, the original plan was actually to make it Tatooine. Uh, at least for the one in D- uh, Disney World, it was going to be Tatooine. And the idea was that they were going to take out the Echo Lake area, the Indiana Jones Stunt P- Spectacular, that American Idol theater that is worthless anyway. <laughs> and they were going to take all that area and it was going to become Tatooine. To the point where you were going to have the cantina, the famous cantina, in there too. And he said that they worked on it for two years. And then... The uh, villain of all Star Wars, uh, all of Disney Star Wars uh, time, Kathleen Kennedy, she decides, uh, she meets with uh, Bob Iger and she comes to Imagineering and she tells him, oh, I just talked to Bob Iger and I convinced him that this is not what, what we should do. She was like, I, I told him we should not be set in the past of Star Wars because these 50-somethings that love uh, Tatooine will eventually be gone. She's like, we need to be in the current universe and in the future. So they came up with, so she came up with, we should do it as a new place. Now, there's a lot of like mixed reactions to uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. I love it. I love the land, but I will say, I like- I don't know, Tatooine looks pretty cool. <laughs> also, like us being from Vegas, Tatooine would not be that cool. That's just dead. Because we're, we're, we're like, like, this is it's Vegas. <laughs> But, um, no, like, uh, my thing is, like, and I I was saying it off mic, my problem with Galaxy's Edge is the non-branding. And I know, like, I get a lot of flack for that, 
And I, I'm surprised even in myself, but it's like, I can't help but be there and just be like, you know what would be nice is if I could buy everything Star Wars here in the land. Not have to go all the way yeah. to, to Tomorrowland. Instead of going to Tom, you have to go to Tomorrowland currently to buy anything that's Star Wars that's branded Star Wars because they don't sell that in the land. Everything in the land is supposed to be like it's real. Yeah, even the and, uh, awesome shirt I'm wearing. Yeah, uh, yes, Hunter's wearing a Rise of the Resistance shirt. And you can't buy that in the land. You have to buy that in Tomorrowland. And I'm like, that, the, like, it just seems so ridiculous to do that. And that's, to me, it's like such a drawback is that it's its own thing. Yeah, what well, were you just saying? You're like, even Tomorrowland, like, we can they buy, what uh, was it? We're like, like, let us buy the stuff that says Star Wars and all this. Just, you know, have it where the uh, the cast members that are working in the area aren't wearing something that says, like, Star Wars Episode 2 Attack of the Clones. Yes, I'm fine. You could have done both. It could have been a real land, a real place where they sell Star Wars stuff to me, and I'm fine with that. As long as the, uh, the people can be like, I'm a citizen of Batu. Like, I'm fine with that. Who That's cares? Cool. I want to be able to buy my legacy gear in the land. I don't want to have to travel half the distance. Well, remember, we also had that fun conversation where, like, the issue, one of the uh, other issues that was that we all love the sequel trilogy. It's a lot of fun. But by making this take place during that time, you also don't have the chance to, like, have legacy characters walking around that you yeah. can bump into. How great would it be to just be walking around and have Darth Vader walk by, Boba Fett, Jango Fett, like, I remember that from Star Wars Weekends. People were going crazy. Yeah, nobody was questioning why Darth Maul and Darth Vader were standing next to each other. That's true. They were just like, oh, hey, they're here. Mm-hmm. I also think, like, because uh, you guys were mentioning it, the uh, build-your-own lightsaber, uh, the cheap one, the not, well, I don't well, mean the cheap, cheap one. but the, uh, well, the kid one, the $24 one, That should they should have a station of that in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Like, Imagine the killing you would make if it was like, Dad is like, I'm going to buy a $200 build my own lightsaber for myself. And, and then his kids want it. And he's just like, I'll buy you a $24 one that you can build your own. Because guess what? Now you can make yours double bladed and all this yeah. other stuff. You can make yours double bladed and have the cross guards if you want. I've seen so many kids doing that. And I know. It's, it's so like, insane. You're like, dude, everybody's got... I, I think you can even get the double-edged ones with the cross guards. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I, last time I was there, there were so many kids with the Kylo Ren lightsaber as a double-bladed lightsaber. And I was confused because I'm like, it literally looks like a Swiss Army. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's all of these things coming off. Like, I don't know, man. Swinging it around, you're probably going to cut off a couple of your own fingers. Uh, but I did want to mention, like, so Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, I do love it. Uh, don't get me wrong. I, I'm wearing my <laughs> Galaxy's Edge hat. But uh, I, I just think, like, they could have done that better. However, I will say everything in the land is perfection. Oh, The blue God, milk yeah. is amazing. I will say... Don't, don't drink the other one. Yeah, I will say, oh. and I've said it many times, the butter beer in harry potter is the grossest thing i've ever had i'm sorry i don't want all my teeth to fall out i cannot have Dude, butterscotch like it, that it touches your tongue and you're like oh so so diabetes that's uh that's yeah, fun it's diabetes <laughs> in, a, in a cup the blue milk is like organic my kids love it for some weird reason they fight over it yeah i've never seen um, a situation like that where you're like i gotta buy them both one they- yeah i i mean i love everything there i um i don't have it here because we're uh we're doing the podcast but at my house uh, i was drinking today out of the uh, little um thermal detonator um <laughs> bottle yeah i've got a bunch of them downstairs in the uh game area 
Yeah, I mean, like, uh, yeah, I do have them all. But, um, no, you know, it's like, uh, it, it is perfection. You've got, even though it's not the cantina, I do love, like, uh, the way they did their cantina. The, right. Um, was it Oga's uh, cantina? Yeah, I was about to say Maz Kanata, and I'm I, like, that's I not right. I think the only real <laughs> complaint that we've had is, um, and it's not even really a complaint, it's just more like, oh, I, I wish this was better, was... They have such a nice setup for the first order store, and then the outposts for the alliance, for, yeah. for the rebel alliance, you're like, oh man, I, that could be better. Like yeah. this is lacking, and and I get it. It's supposed to be like remote, like they're supposed to be hidden, but it's like and that, the MRE should say Star Wars on it. Yeah, seriously, like uh, <laughs> we we have one in it, and put a rebel logo on it. Yeah, do it something. Even... We, we took, obviously, the cardboard thing off the top that says yeah. MRE, so now it just looks like a blue yeah, it's pill just a holder. Container. Yeah, it's just a container. Um, no, uh, but you do have the two rides. Uh, it, it is well known, too. They originally were planning a ride where you were going to be on the back of, a like, a do-back. I do, uh, so, like, that's, like, one of my issues, too, with Disney. It's, like, always with the cutting, uh, corners where they're just, like, oh... Well, let's just, not do that. Yeah, and it's like you you guys are so dumb. Like, like they dude, always do that. They always push themselves into a corner for no reason. Right, and, and I can guarantee that's probably because they're like, like we're not sure how much money we can make out of this. You're like, dude, it's Star Wars. Oh yeah, show the extra money out. We I already mean, spend a lot of money in there. Our aunt, uh, she she's one of the managers of Galaxy's Edge in Disney World, and she told me that um, the Galaxy's Edge makes more money than World of Disney. Which is like their holy. That's like their number one store. So they're like, the fact that the land is making so much more than that, and I'm like, yeah, because everything is insanely expensive in there. I don't know. Like, I, it's a mixed bag to me. But it's also like I'm good with what we have. Um, I do. I will say this. This is my one real complaint. When you decided that it was going to be its own thing, that it's Batu, it's its own land. Fine. Why is it the same on, on both, both coasts? coasts? Yeah, that makes no sense to me. Cause literally, you've got Batu, the Black Spire outpost on Batu has two different looks because the one in Disney World is a lot greener and has more color than ours is. Ours is more red and tan. Yeah, so I'm like, why smarter? does the, why are these two different well, places, but they're the same place? I, I don't remember if we said it on an episode with James or if we were talking about it, where we were like. Shouldn't they do it more like Batu is in California and then on the other coast? Yes. It's more tropical. Have it be a tropical But I kn- you you know that it was a cost cutting. No, oh, they were yeah, just like, oh, well, well we could save some money. That would also require creating a couple of brand new rides that are just for Florida. Yeah. But at that too, I'm like, the argument becomes too, it's like, why would I travel all the way to Florida? If it's the same. If it's the same place. Like uh, the Frozen Ever After ride? You can only experience that in Florida. In Epcot, so if yeah. you want to see that, you have to go there. I feel like that they need to just expand more. Like over in Florida, like Universal, the Harry Potter is much bigger than here in Hollywood. Like oh, it should have been something. Oh, like that. dude, they're, they're, they're a little bit one. extra. Actually, I would say that's a perfect. Uh, that's a perfect. Um, you know, uh, example slash example uh, of what they did because. And you know what's funny is that Universal got derided for that because people were mad. They were like, yo, you just opened the same exact rides in Hollywood, except everything is kind of half of what it is over there. I haven't even seen I could care less, but... Yeah, I haven't seen <laughs> well, shoot, remember our last uh, trip to Florida as a, as a, like, all of us? 
We spent the one day in Florida. We had to get kicked out because of Halloween Horror Nights, but we were like, dude, we just did everything in like oh, eight yeah. hours. <laughs> we're good. That was so funny. Can we get on this ride? Uh, I, remember, no. I remember everyone was like, are we going to have to do a second day? I was like, pretty sure we won't. <laughs> it was just like the water parks where uh, y'all went two days. I went one day. I was like, okay. Um, I will say, though, uh, I, I do think it's funny. I, I was looking in my phone at my photos from my past few trips to Disneyland, and every one of my pictures is from uh, Galaxy's Edge. And I'm like, oh, that's funny. I, like, I spent so much time in that area that all, all of my pictures are there. It's like <laughs> there and Winnie the Pooh. What was it? One of the last times we were there as a family, uh, I think Dad was like joking about it because uh, when we go, we, we kind of let you lead the group because we're like, yeah, we're going to hit anything anyway, but we'll just, you know, whatever yeah. we got to do. We always stop over at Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, and thing. I think Dad made a joke about that where he's like, he's like, five bucks says we're going to Galaxy's Edge. I'm like, well, it's the new land and it's fun. I know. <laughs> Even without uh, the Rise of the Resistance, uh, boarding pass we just go over there i I just hang out there i'll just hang out there for like a few minutes at least just like i'll give you a complaint that i don't like i don't like those outside stores that they sell like wooden things like oh you don't like the uh the uh the the marketplace i love the marketplace i I love the marketplace i do wish they were bigger and more selection that's the issue is that when you walk into it you're like this and i know i've said it on here like a few times I, and I've, I said it in a survey that I did for Disney about their shopping. You did um, a survey? No, yeah. I did one of their surveys, and they asked me about uh, shopping. and or It was specifically about Galaxy's Edge, and that was my complaint. I was like, you're a shop that sells uh, authentic Star Wars clothes because they sell, like, Jedi robes and Jedi tunics and raise a complete outfit from Octo from Last Jedi. I'm like, why can't I buy anything Han Solo in there? I'm like... If you sold Han Solo's complete outfit, I would buy that. If you sold Lando's complete outfit, I would buy that. If you sold, if you sold Lando's like cape? capes, I would buy that. I'm uh, like, why don't you sell these things? Dude, sell the uh, the Poe Dameron set, the, uh, the oh really my nice God. jacket. Not the stupid one from Last Jedi. But... If they sold the Poe Dameron outfit from Rise of Skywalker, oh, dude, I'd buy that immediately. I would wear that every day. If, if it, I, it looks... <laughs> That is that to me is like I just want I want to be Indiana Jones in that outfit. <laughs> I guess Uncharted Three is what well, I'm I saying. Mean, because yeah, it's it's a nice look, but you're like, man, I could just throw a I could throw a leather jacket on top of this and my Indiana Jones hat, and I'm Indy. Yeah. <sighs> so I want to thank you guys for listening to another episode of Three Guys and the Mouse. Um, I know we're taking like some time off. A lot of crazy stuff is going on. Um, uh, yeah try to stay safe i know we're trying to figure out all of us we're trying to figure out what disney's gonna do it sucks uh what we're going through and what everyone's going through but you know of course that's the thing is everyone uh the biggest concern should always be everyone's safety yeah stay and, inside if you can well like my thing is like uh everyone's trying to force disney to reopen and uh, the it's C- crazy yeah the ceo of southwest the other day said he's like no one's gonna travel until disney world opens up and i'm like Southwest, no one cares that you think Disney should open up right now. (laughs) Like, dude, aren't you concerned about the people that might be playing your airlines and their safety? Like, nope, that's it. No, no, we're not. Shut up. He's looking at the bottom line. And it's like, you know, uh, that's the other thing, too. I'm like, I I keep having to remind people. I'm like, companies don't want to be closed. They're making no money. They're at a loss right now. But the thing is, is that they're at less of a loss being closed than they would be being open with no one there. I know, like, I work at a casino, and 
our occupancy before we closed was at like 10% or something like that. And right, so like, it was costing there was us no, to open. Yeah, there was no way we were going to be viable like that. But, uh, you know, uh, hopefully we get some news soon. Um, I'm planning to do another episode soon where we're, I'm going to kind of bring up some of the things that we've seen because, of course, San Diego gave out some protocols and there's like rumors. Disney Springs has reopened. Uh, at least some of it has. With uh, so, safety precautions. Yeah. Involved. So yeah. we've got we've got things that we know are going on. But you know, uh, everyone stay safe. Uh, we want to thank you for listening. Make sure to hit us up on uh, the Facebook or Twitter. It's going to be Three G ATM Podcast. I know uh, Nathan loves to argue with me on there. Be it last jedi or whatever i love seeing that uh, when i wake up it's really funny to read the back and forth i I do love that he's responding all all the time to us but uh you know you can go on there to talk to us uh make sure to leave a review be it whatever you want i know a lot of podcasts i listen to are always like give us a five star and i'm like yo if you give me any sort of review i'm gonna read it i don't care if you're and they're just like i hate his guts i'm like okay (laughs) i'm sorry oh my god he's responding (laughs) he's responding But, uh, you know, thank you guys. Uh, Make sure to rate us. Uh, Listen to us on Spotify. We're available there or on Spreaker. Or you can download directly at geocomedy.com slash 3GATM. You can talk to me on Twitter at geocomedy. You can talk to George nowhere. Uh, I'm getting a little more active on Twitter, uh, mainly just to joke with my coworkers. But if you really felt inclined to, you could go on there and shoot me one. uh, Hunter 3GATM. Yeah, get ready for Hunter's thousand different uh, login names. Uh, I've got 3G ATM Hunter at jacksdbacks.com. Forward <laughs> slash. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, thank you guys, and uh, you know we'll see you soon. See ya. Adios. Ka-chow. <laughs>